0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law
1: time. Once again, for another edition of T Watson TR here on the Bama online podcast, it is a Wednesday, December the 14th, 2022 Travis Ryer, senior analyst for BOL alongside site publisher, Tim Watson, Tim. We got a little bit of everything to get through on this hump day edition of T. Watson TR. We've got the aftermath from the huge commitment from Keon Keeley, the five star edge, which we uh, certainly at BamaOnline.com covered extensively early in the week. We had a breaking pod here on the Bama Online podcast. We'll get into some Bama football. You got practices cranking up later in the week in advance of the Sugar Bowl. Uh, big basketball win once again for Nate Oates' team on Tuesday night at Coleman Coliseum. But I guess we'll start with Keon Keeley because uh, Alabama now with 25 commitments and I guess uh, some more dominoes to consider and maybe some timelines that are certainly coming into play, too.
0: Yeah, you know, Keon, we touched on this in the breaking pod, just uh you know, you can't really, you know, the thing about recruiting, it's irritating and it's but it's human nature. It's almost like Christmas presents where – You know, you open a present as a kid. You, you, Oh, this is cool. You flip it to the side, open the next one. You're really wondering what's in all those packages. I think it's kind of like recruiting is. Keon got some love the first day, but, you know, it was quickly quickly discussion just moved on from Keon. And I'm telling you, this isn't a guy you really want to forget about. This is like Caleb Downs. He's at that level. I mean, this is a guy who's as dominant as anybody in the country at his position. He's the rare guy that's this big 6'6", 240-plus who I think could play Jack. I mean, obviously, it's going to, a lot's going to depend on his body, his growth, and everything. But he does have the explosion. He does have the flexibility. He does have all those little things. And he's still, when you watch him, he's still going to learn more when he gets to college and be an even better player. But athletically, he's got all that stuff. And, you know, you talk about players in this class. I mean, he's going to be, regardless of who they finish with, regardless of who they sign, it doesn't matter who all they sign, Keon is going to be as good as just about anybody in this class and in the country his position. And I'll say the same thing about Caleb Downs. And there's other guys. James Smith's that way. I know twenty four seven put a ranking out. He's a fourth defensive tackle, which to me is, you know, I, I don't you know, I don't have a lot like Forrest Gump. That's all I gotta say about that. But James oh. is good in the country when it comes to being a defensive tackle. Might be one of the best he's one of the best I've ever seen, in fact.
1: Well, that sounds good enough for me, uh, best ever, one of the best ever. I think that uh, supersedes any ranking out there right now, certainly a highly coveted player in the front seven. As we talked about Alabama with an emphasis, it looks like more and more on the defensive side of the ball. And uh, Keeley, a big, big part of that, no doubt, as you said, between uh, Keeley and Justice Haynes and Caleb Downs that are already committed to this class, Uh, great, great stuff on the defensive side of the ball. So, you know, it was one of those weekends too, right? Had a big recruiting weekend and one of them in which you kind of wished or really wished that Houston game would have been in Tuscaloosa this time around. Uh, What a hell of a performance over the weekend for Nate Oates' team over then number one, Houston. Uh, And then to Answer with a win on Tuesday night over Memphis. Another another impressive mature showing, I thought. Maybe not the the margin of victory that some people were anticipating. But look, that was a Memphis team with seven or eight fifth years players and a really, really good point guard in Kendrick Davis.
0: Yeah, I mean I don't that point, I mean the game here's the thing. I mean, you can gripe that's the thing. When you when you when you get to this level, you're gonna have people that are nitpicking. And all that—they really were never in a position to lose the game. Okay, that's the one thing I told several friends that were sort of like the closeout suck. They were never in a position to lose the basketball game. There, I mean, they might have trailed a little bit uh, early in the game, a couple baskets, but they were always around, tied, or with the lead, couple baskets. And again, this—I looked at this roster. It's amazing. It is not—they played nine guys nine seniors, many of them fifth, past fourth-year seniors. One of them I went to high school with. He was two grades below me. I mean, this was a very mature and old Memphis team. So you got those guys coming in. You got Burnett, who's injured before the game, obviously just coming off probably his best game of the year. You got, you know, a a, a good team. And to be honest with you, it it took, uh, you know, Kendrick Davis even keeping him in the game because without his Hey, and let me give him full credit, the kid was amazing. The guy was amazing. He was a great basketball player. He personally answered every Alabama run, it seemed like. Um, um, Also had four steals on top of 30 points. And I just thought he made – I didn't even think it was bad defense. I thought the guy just hit shots. I just thought he got buckets, hands in face, getting to the basket, drawing contract, finishing off the glass. I thought he did that. But let's be clear, that's a big win for Alabama. That's another really good win. Um, Turnovers were uh, early ugly. Free throw shooting was up. but if you look at the second half, it's a heck of a lot better. I think there were twenty one of twenty six free throws in the second half. Um, turnovers were limited to six or seven in the you know the second half. So I mean, obviously a game, and good to see Brandon Miller get off the snide with some you know some clutch baskets there too.
1: Yeah, Burnett being out, that's that's important to Alabama defensively but also in terms of what he gives them in the three-point shot. Um, but in the second half, what a fun half. Both teams with 55 points in the final 20 minutes of that game. And you said it, Brandon Miller with some heroics with 21 of his 26, I guess it was, 24 in the second half. Um, you had Davis just going off. He had 22 after the break. And yeah. you know Alabama makes 10 threes in the game. Shoots 40 free throws, including 26 in the second half. You know, I don't know what the win likelihood is for teams that make 10 threes and shoot 40 free throws. But I got to think it's pretty good. Pretty good, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I would think that's hard to beat.
0: The I think we're also, you're going to have to adjust to, you know, we said this about Alabama football for a decade now. Every game's the other team's Super Bowl, right? Well, now Alabama's the marked team. These games get harder. They catch everybody's best effort. You know, this This was a little bit of a revenge game for last year. I know a lot of the players weren't there, but I know the coaches were there. You know, you're missing uh, um, several of the guys off last year's team. But, again, you face nine. nine this, I mean, I don't know how many teams in the country played a game with only playing seniors. But I got to think it's a low number. So Penny rolls out nine seniors. Alabama's number four in the country. You know, a lot of people were, you know, and, and, and I think it was a realistic thing. You want to worry about, you come off a huge win at Houston. You got Gonzaga coming up. You're number four in the country. You're probably walking around campus a little extra stretch, you know, pep pep in your step right now you know what i mean you're probably whistling when you wake up and looking for twitter to see what they're saying about you so them coming in winning the game and to me not really being in danger of losing it's just it's a testament to where this team is and again they were down an assistant coach they were down you know burnett they were they had a few things going against them so um you know we talked about this they had this incredible run uh, schedule before the season, we talked about it. North Carolina, you throw UConn in there, Michigan State, some other guys that aren't as big as names but are really good teams, and then we hit this stretch. And you and I were like, "What would you? You know, zero and three, we'd really be disappointed. One and two, disappointed, but we kind of see it. Two and one, we'd be pretty." Uh, You know, happy. So we're at the pretty happy stage already. (laughs) Three and oh, we'd be ecstatic. I think that was that meter, like they do at the pediatricians when they talk about your pain. We're on the happy end. We're at two and oh right now. You want to beat Gonzaga, obviously, but you put yourself in a position to do that. Go through this schedule, in a position to be nine and one with a crazy, insane, you know, to me, a really tough schedule. Um, so a lot of things to be excited about, and excited and playing a legitimate opponent this week. Gonzaga's a good, excellent basketball team.
1: Yeah, again, maybe not as sexy certainly as beating the number one team in the country twice, like we've already seen this Alabama team do, uh, really over a span of two weeks or so. But very impressive against an old team in Memphis that was three and zero against SEC clubs prior to Tuesday night. And you said a Gonzaga coming up on Saturday. A little bit of a weird tip time for a Saturday. High noon Central from Birmingham. That uh, game's going to air on CBS. Damn,
0: his tip times have been weird all year. You know what I mean? That's it. you know, you, you got eight o'clock starts. We've seen 9.30 30 starts. Now we got noon starts. But um, I'm excited about Gonzaga. It's a very hot ticket I saw. You know, there's not many left. Um, Gonzaga's got three losses. All the ranked teams. I mean, they've lost to Texas, they've lost to Purdue and they've lost to Baylor, you know, Texas number 11 in the country. Um, they took more than one loss though on that one. They Baylor, they lost and, um, Purdue they've lost, but you know, two of those were pretty big deficits, Purdue and Texas, but they were battling in that game, kind of pulled behind in that Purdue game, um, and lost a close one to Baylor. So definitely a formidable opponent. They'll probably have a little revenge of the, uh, they'll have a little bit of the revenge factor after last year. Um, but I'm excited. I don't think we really could have drawn this up because we didn't know Alabama was going to play UConn, and we didn't know UConn was going to be the monsters they are. We now realize mm-hmm. how good of a – I mean, me, you know, you and I discussed it. At halftime, we knew how good UConn was, whether Alabama won or not. You could tell what kind of team Hurley had put together. So um, definitely a, a crazy good schedule and, you know, you know, a lot of momentum going there. You want to win every game. You know, I see it on the message board, every game's a must-win game. It's really not. I mean, basketball, nobody really you know, has to win every game, but you want to win them all. You know what, you know what I mean? Sure. You win them all. And it's good to see that mindset from the fan base that wants to win every one of these games now.
1: Yeah, it could be big for seeding later on when you get to NCAA tournament time, when you're piling up these kind of non-conference wins and Gonzaga right now, a team trying to find a solid number two to go along with Drew Timmy. Not going to have a Chet Holmgren on the floor and some of those other guys that they had a year ago out in Seattle. So should be a good one in Birmingham on Saturday. Then Alabama will play Jackson State next Tuesday. Then it is Christmas and on to SEC play on the 28th with a roadie to nearby Mississippi State. So, Tim, let's get back into a little bit of football talk as the Alabama Crimson Tide nears the kickoff to Sugar Bowl practices. Um, it's interesting because we're still awaiting word on availability where some players are concerned. Uh, we do know this, right? Going to have some new faces out there for bowl practice. When you talk about Eli Holstein coming in at the quarterback position, Miles McVay. Raquise McEldry, Hunter Osborne, Bray Hubbard, Wilkin Formby. Uh a lot of those big dudes, I guess, in that offensive line class gonna go ahead and make the move.
0: Yeah, and you know, that's gotta be a pretty exciting time for those guys too. You know, they to me it's a good you know, to me it would be the reward for skipping prom and skipping the second half of your senior year. And, you know, that you know, that's pretty easy, you know, easy pickings that second half of your senior year. So they're sacrificing that. And then to get to go up against, uh, you know, whoever, you know, pick pick your poison. But those guys get to go up and go against some of the, the best, you know, biggest names. They probably followed them growing up. They probably met them on their official visits, their unofficial visits. You know, probably kept up with them as recruits. So that's a pretty exciting day for those guys.
1: No doubt. And you talk about the additions for Alabama, but there's certainly been continued transfer portal news where the Alabama roster is concerned. And I'm guessing maybe wide receiver, offensive line, gonna be some areas where you'll have your eyes on the most, where some of those departures are concerned. Certainly, Javion Cohen leaving as a starting offensive guard. You've also got some offensive tackle depth that you're considering here uh, moving forward with some of these departures, uh, wide receiver depth, and we haven't talked since Aaron Anderson decided to make the move via the transfer portal. Did that strike you as a little bit of a surprise given that we're not a full year into his time at Alabama?
0: Well, I heard some of the, the people I know, some of the players on the team had said that you know, Anderson has sort of indicated to them they that he could be moving on. I mean, it surprised me. I, I let me be clear. Nothing in the portal surprises me. You never know what's going on with somebody. You know, I know, I know Jojo Earl, for instance, uh, I was told had some homesickness and had since the day he got on campus. Um, you know, that's kind of factored into his decision. You never know what's going on. I mean, it could be NIL related. It could be the same thing. Homesickness. You could have met a girl in a city you want to be close to. I mean, there's a million things. A lot of times it comes down to unhappiness with the play-in time. I mean, he saw, you know, and it wasn't it wasn't his fault or Alabama's fault. He saw he was injured, and he had to, you know, watch his Kobe um Kobe Prentice and Isaiah Bonds kind of stepped into that role that I actually envisioned for him. I said last year he was the most ready freshman from a blocking, route-running, mental skill set to play at Alabama. I thought he was the best mentally prepared. Not the best physically, but I thought he was the best. He had good hands. He's route-running. He had all that stuff going for him. And then the injuries set him back. You know, talented player. He has to watch other guys who are raw. or I mean, not many people. Thought that Kobe would have the role he did or Bonds would grow into the role. And then we've seen, uh, you know, Shaz Preston on the field earlier in the year. We've seen Emmanuel Henderson seeing time at wide receiver. And then uh, obviously Kendrick Law late later on, you know, the in the Iron Bowl and some other play, you know, other games. We saw him on the field. So there's five freshman wide receiver. And then you look at coming in, you got the, you know, you know, expected to come in as the number one junior college player in the world in the world and it's dramatic but number one junior college player, player in the nation you've got you know other guys coming in Jalen Hill, who's a smooth operating wide receiver is very polished who can come into play so it could be that but the one thing i've seen i've had a few people ask I me mean, i don't think it has anything to do with the quarterback position um i don't even know how you leap to that conclusion that anybody's leaving because of the uh quarterback situation. I mean, Ty Simpson's a highly recruited guy. Jalen Milrow has shown promise in practice. Alabama has two highly ranked guys coming in. We know there's some talent that's going to be be on that field. Obviously, it's a step down because you're literally Alabama. I don't even know if this has ever happened, but Alabama, I mean, USC, I'd have to dig in, but Alabama, when Bryce goes to the NFL and stars, which is most likely scenario, that is four straight starting quarterbacks who will be starters in the NFL from the same college. Thomas, I I mean, USC might've did it back in the day because they certainly had a run there with those guys. But I mean, that's four in a row. So certainly it's going to be hard to, you know, equal the Heisman winner, but there's some talent in that quarterback room. It's just unproven at this
1: stage. Yeah. And not everybody can go play with Caleb Williams next season, right? Or go to USC. So it does seem like wide receiver, maybe, there is some uh, data that that refutes this, but it just seems like the wide receiver position is where you see so many of these guys making moves, and there's only so many slots even at that position, and there's only so many truly slam dunk elite quarterbacks returning for next year. I mean, you can talk about Quinn Ewers at Texas, but as great as he was in a quarter and some change against Alabama. If you watched him throughout the season after he came back from the injury, he certainly had his ups and downs. Maybe Arch Manning goes in there and and takes over that job. But there's no certainties, I guess, is the point when you look at the quarterback position. And Alabama has continued to recruit at a very high level. And so when we talk about the transfer portal and some of the players Alabama might have an interest in, um, we have seen Alabama look at the tight end position Uh, Go as far as to bring an official visitor in uh, from that perspective with C.J. Dupre uh, from Maryland last weekend. Uh, I see now where I guess uh, he's been told that he will not play in the bowl game for Maryland, so that could push things up with him. But of the quarterbacks out there, since we're talking quarterbacks, have any of the guys that you've seen go into the portal to this point struck you as, yeah, I could see Alabama kicking the tires with this one?
0: I think there's a few. I mean, obviously, I have no – I have not heard a single word about a transfer at this stage, and it doesn't surprise me. I mean, signing days a week away, you know, we've said all along, the signing class is the priority, finishing off this signing class before they look at the portal. I think the NC State guy – this is just me, my personal opinion, speculating without doing any kind of deep dive. I think the NC State quarterback's a pretty talented guy, Um, but I haven't heard any connection. The only portal guy I've connected Bama to at this stage – um has been Dupree, which you mentioned. Um that that ended very poorly. You know, also apparently his stuff was moved out of his locker. He was expected to play in the bowl game, goes in the locker room and the locker was empty. So I think that ended uh um that ended poorly. But he came for an official to Alabama. He's a guy like if you watch him um you know before he uh um, I think he's a guy that could come in and help. And, you know, we mentioned that quarterback, that tight end room. I just, it wasn't great last year. Obviously, Robbie Uch was coming back from a injury. Nye Black was a true freshman with a lot of promise. Cameron, Cameron Latou showed us good things at time. Never really, you know, never really was a terrific block. Sometimes just a lazy blocker. Um, I mean, blocking is so much effort, you know, it's like you say with rebounding. Rebounding is a lot of effort. So is blocking, um, then sometimes he just whipped on that. You wouldn't expect that from upperclassmen. But you're seeing them dig a little bit deeper trying to help out. they got Lockwood coming in from Tennessee. Probably guys gonna be, his football is going to be a little better down the road than it is now, but he's a legitimate target. Um, and then, of course, you bring in the transfer portal. They're talking to Luke Haas, the tight end from Arkansas, coming to Arkansas. So they're still kicking the tires on some guys. I think they realize it's important to improve that room. And I still have, I know you do too, I still have high hopes for, you know, Amari. I think he's doing a good job. I mean, he looks the part, the little flashes we saw. um, Maybe a little bit better receiver than the small things at the end of the day, but a heck of an athlete.
1: Yeah, and so those will be areas certainly of particular interest as Alabama moves through. And it's crazy to say, isn't it? I mean, we're one week away from early National Signing Day. And so much of this class looks like it's going to be put to bed really one week from today or certainly in the immediate time after that between next Wednesday and next Friday.
0: Yeah. I mean, this is a, you know, this is a messy time of year. I mean, I I do, I feel, I've said this before with you, I feel bad for really everybody involved. I feel bad for the college coaches having to deal with this. I feel bad for the recruits trying to deal with this. I feel bad for every single person in the portal Um, I mean, this is just a rough time to be trying to figure all this out. And then, you know, you're going to get through signing day. and You're going to have coaching changes. So we're about to go. We're going to see a lot of kids going through a lot of stuff that maybe they didn't expect to. And, you know, and again, you got a thousand people in the portal, I think it was, and you don't have a thousand spots open. So something's got to give. And all this leads us up to Christmas. I mean, it is literally leading us up to knocking on christmas door i mean it's going to the 23rd christmas eve eve is the with before it yeah before it goes uh, no more signing basically so um really odd how time. many way you know way you know way to think it through ncaa
1: yeah how many nil packages are really out there because that's been a topic certainly um How much of it's real, Tim? I mean, is Alabama finding itself in the midst of it, even where recruits are concerned? or um, What's real? What isn't with this NIL?
0: Here's what I do know. There are massive deals out there. 1,000% confirmed, huge deals, seven figs plus. There's huge deals out there for some people. Um, that's not the norm though. That's kind of, that's, that's really the few and far between when you're dealing with high school guys. Um, the money's also divided basically over the amount of time you'll be in college. So it's a three year, four year, five year contract, whatever it is. And and I'm not an expert on this by any means, but I think every school is involved in the NIL simply because you've got to know your financials. If I go to Alabama, Alabama would have to explain to me, What I'm getting NIL-wise, whether it's $20,000 a year, $50,000 a year, you know, whatever it may be, there could be signing bonuses involved for some of these schools. And I think that's what you're getting into, where I think the bigger schools are trying to shy away from that. Now, Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, Michigan, you don't really hear their name in those big deals as much. I mean, I did see Georgia was linked to a big deal with – with the uh, Wilson kid, the Russian from South Florida. There was some you know, some talk there from Ohio State that they went in big. And I think in some cases, maybe you have to to get a guy. But I think for the most part, you're really just coming down to X amount of dollars per year, discussing it, discussing it, what you're getting. Because I think Texas A&M really set the tone for what, what can happen if you just, you know, if you really go hard and heavy after all these guys, I think you could, you know, the, my biggest thing is, the turmoil that it creates again. I mean, me, you, Charlie, and, uh, you know, Hank South, we work together. And if we're given a check and I get a hundred thousand and y'all all get five thousand and we're all the same cut, I mean, you know, we're like that, you know, we're like the cast of friends. We're all going to want the same exact cut. So that's where, right. you, that's where you create this turmoil with these guys. And then you look at the fact that what about that third year, June, that fourth year junior, that red shirt junior who never touched NIL? So the NIL is really supposed to be looking out for him. All those guys get a taste on the way Alabama's doing. If you're on scholarship, you're getting the NIL. So I think they're discussing it, but I don't think there's major bidding boards for a lot of guys. But I mean, we've seen, you know, we've seen some, obviously. We've seen some tussle back and forth. I think Miami's been very loose with the NIL. I know Florida's definitely thrown their hat in the mix for the NIL. Um, and we saw Texas A and M do it last year, but I don't think most of these schools are doing that. I think you're kind of you know, you're kind of mixing and matching and the NIO is hard because it is, it's almost like, you know, you know, beauty's in the eye of the beholder, you know, somebody might want this kid so much more because he fits their system and pay overpay just like it was a, you know, like it was anything else in life. It's a buyer's market. So yeah. You know, NIO is real, but everything, I mean, it was literally key. And th- another thing is I can't say this enough. It's like, Alabama got Keon Keely, and a lot of Notre Dame fans were saying he was bought. It is legal. It doesn't even matter if he was because this is legal. This mm-hmm. is legal. There's no bags. There's direct deposit. There's tax, income tax to fill out and pay. There is This is legal. There's no bags. There's no duffel bags. This isn't the movie Blue Chips. Nobody's getting a tractor in the front yard. These are legal binding contracts. So, you know, and if another team – you know, you know, if I want a guy and you want a guy and I outpay you for the guy, that's on you. That's not on me. That's on you. So, yeah, it's real. Yeah. And especially coming down the stretch.
1: Yeah, and, you know, with a lot of these involving public universities, um, I, I'm, I'm guessing that we're going to have a time where access to these contracts is going to be had via freedom of information requests uh, since they do involve public. Universities uh, now, in some instances like Miami, Notre Dame, you're talking about private uh, institutions, so that could be different. But um, it, it is—it's sort of—it's—it's it's throwing darts in the dark a little bit and trying to figure out what's mythology or what's urban legend and what's real, where just the numbers are concerned. And and it's absolutely real. Look, Alabama and other places—they're not putting together eight-figure uh, collectives to, to just screw around with, you know, to just let sit there. It, it, let's be clear about that. But in terms of, uh, how much and, and how the deals are exactly working, that's, that's still something that isn't exactly easy to get your, your hands around.
0: It's definitely confusing. And that's why it's kind of funny when I see on every message board, all the message board posters that can talk about not only their school, but every other school's NIL package, you know? Yeah. You know? This isn't just like public consumption, you know, and it's not across the board. You know, it's almost like not having any information to me guessing what the Braves are making. You know, Mm -hmm. I have an idea what they're making, what their roster is. But I really don't know without some information.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. And so let's uh, since we're sort of already talking some pro sports, let's go ahead and do some more of that here. On the latest edition of T. Watson TR, uh, you're sort of our senior Pelicans uh, reporter when it comes to the NBA, I know you're excited about some uh, Alabama related news with your Pelicans roster here.
0: Yeah, you know Pelicans team's been on a roll. I've got a few Pelly fans on the round table. I'm glad to see them. I also noticed there's a lot more Pelican fans I didn't know about in my life when I'm getting these text messages all of a sudden. but uh um, yeah, they're having a good year, eighteen and nine, leading the division. Uh, Western Conference tied with Memphis had their seven game you know it's hectic for me last night. I was watching a huge game Pelicans, watching a huge Alabama game. Both of them are eight o'clock tips. You know, there's a lot going on. But Herb Jones was back. He only played twenty minutes um, you know, coming back off an injury. He's missed, missed like five games and, you know, you you know the thing about it is if you watch the Pelicans that much, you can really see Herb's impact because you watch a guy do stuff that he probably isn't going to be able to do or do as easily against Herb. I mean, that not on Herb, that hashtag not on Herb is legit. That guy is something else. And I'm, you know, I don't know. I'm an old school NBA guy. So, and I love the dunks and I love the threes and I love all the flashy stuff. You know, I grew up watching magic, Iverson, all those guys, but there's nothing like really watching Herb Jones play. Um, and he's filling himself with that three pointer in his offense. He is hard to the basket now, shooting that three. So it's good to see him back. Um, Kyra Lewis has been on the bench uh, a couple of times. He's been down in the the G League coming back from his injury. So hopefully he'll get a little run out there too at some point. Um, but it was it's good to see Alabama guys uh, represent. I even saw a mock draft not long ago that had Alabama taking Brandon Miller um With the Lakers pick, but I don't, I don't think that's, you know, that, that, I'm not sure that would happen. I mean, they got Herb Jones,
1: the they got, Pelicans.
0: Yeah, I can't. The
1: Pelicans see taking Brandon Miller.
0: Yeah, they had him mocked to the Pelicans, but the Pelicans, I mean, they have Dyson Daniels. They've got, you know, Trey. He's a, you know, he's a similar built guy, and they've got a Herb Jones. So, I you know, as a Pelicans fan, I'd love to have him, but I would think that that's not going to happen. But yeah, it's, uh, it was good to see Herb back last night.
1: Yeah, as far as the NFL goes, uh, the Dolphins lose two straight out in California, and we're back to Tua's a bust. There's no middle ground with Tua. You know, Two weeks ago, he was MVP. Now, after two losses, and look, didn't play well in either one of them. He kind of got it with San Francisco because that pass rush, that defense of D'Amico Ryans is really, really, really good. Uh, you didn't get it as much with the Chargers in L.A. because the Chargers right now are pretty decimated in terms of injuries and availability. Uh, but this is where we're at with two again. i tell, tell you what surprised me with the Chargers is
0: there was not a lot of guys open. I know they're not a great – certainly not as good as the 49ers defensively, but they knocked down a lot of passes. I mean, I'm not they saying – they had a lot of guys covered. I was surprised – um, you know, even the big plays, they had the long, you know, the long play to Tyree kill. Even then, though, it was kind of like, you know, a slight trip bust coverage. But they were they were pretty close to being in the right position to knock that ball down. And he'll uh, just, you know, stuck behind. I mean, Waddle only had two catches. Um, I thought the Chargers defense was really good in that game. Personally, I thought that the secondary was really good. And I don't think they had an answer for the running game. Which I think is going to continue to be a big problem for the Dolphins. They could really use a a Najee Harris type running back, um, someone who can catch the ball out of the backfield, or or even a Kenyon Drake. Somebody could catch the ball out of the backfield, get you four or five yards of carry. They could use that kind of guy right now. But again,
1: Josh, uh, Josh Jacobs, yeah.
0: Oh, shoot. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Josh, yeah,
1: Josh, Put Josh with that offense. Oof.
0: I mean, Josh, come on, man. Josh having a fantastic – dude. dudes have this is the best – if you don't love Josh – Money
1: year. Jacob, yeah.
0: Don't talk to me. He is just – his high school story is fantastic. We've told it a million times. Pruitt randomly finds him. Burton Burns goes on him, goes to visit him. They go on him. They commit him. The guy's an unbelievable football player.
1: Raiders um, are so bad, I wish they'd shut Josh down. For the last three or four games, I mean I, that's what I worry about with him. He's had such so a hell of a year. Something's going to happen to him physically, you know, well, and, and he's going to be left holding the bag in terms I'm of his next to get deal.
0: Self down, even though he won't. You know what I mean? Because he yeah. paid. I mean, the guy's got fourteen hundred rushing yards. Oh,
1: I love to watch him. Love hey, to watch him. Fourteen
0: hundred rushing yards and three hundred fifty yard passing yards. That's absurd. Yeah, and if you haven't signed this guy. But he, yeah, but with Tua, I've never. Here's what I don't understand: Why people when Tua isn't having a good game, they rush to say Tua's sucking. Where <laughs> are be found when Tua is good? I mean, what kind of? How are you in Alabama? We've fan?
1: talked about it, man. He's just a one of a kind lightning rod for Alabama. attention and minute by minute hot takes. How I mean, are you
0: an Alabama fan, and you don't like Tua? That's the dumbest thing. Ever, I mean, literally. That's a, the guy played injured. The guy rushed back from injuries. He's a yeah. nice guy. How do you not like to? If you're running to celebrate his shortcomings, man, you need to. I don't know. We need yeah. somebody. Talk
1: to I you. saw where uh, I saw where Talia's coming back for another year. That's good news for Locks.
0: Yeah, oh okay. yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Especially losing this tight end. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean this. I mean it's the NFL. I mean nobody comes in and dominates. It wasn't long ago that um, it wasn't long ago that uh, Patrick Mahomes was overrated. Remember, there's a lot of people down on Mahomes, and you know this week you're going to get a little bit of that Saturday action with the Dolphins.
1: That's rough, dude. Going to Buffalo on Saturday night. <laughs> Oof. It,
0: it don't get easy going December Buffalo at night. There ain't nothing good. <laughs> ain't nothing good coming out of that game although buffalo is beatable they they, they definitely struggle but they're they're really really tough you know
1: you go from a you go from two weeks in california to saturday night in buffalo how about now, that? that
0: this season has been so insane i mean when you look down you look at the schedules of the nfl there's really not just like the most dominant team and every sunday i go man these games are so boring. It's seven and three versus five and five. I go down, but every week they deliver. Every week you've got unbelievable gains. Jalen continues to roll with the Eagles. Smitty is quietly having a great year. Um, you know, to me, makes big plays. And you know, you're seeing a team like, you know, <laughs> you're as old as we are, you the Lions are hitting some kind of resurgence here that is unexplainable. Um
1: I Jared actually, Goff, man, got it. Yeah. Somebody needs to start giving it up for that dude.
0: Well, I know Bryce Young was really being uh, mocked to the to the uh, to the. How about
1: Jamo Bryce. for the touchdown?
0: Oh, absolutely! That was amazing. I mean, if you're first
1: not catch saying, in the NFL went about the they, way you would have expected it.
0: No, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. No, 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 not what you expected. But so happy to see that guy back back that soon. Um, you know, but they won. They won five out of six games. Or only lost. Was that Buffalo twenty eight twenty five. They got the listen to this though. They've got the Jets, Carolina, Chicago Bears, and they're at Green Bay. Lord knows where Aaron Rodgers will be by then. They have a chance, and they won't. I mean, it's hard to win four in a row, but and that would be six in a row. But they got a chance to finish with five hundred or above season. And you're right, Jared Goff is is you know Jared Goff's like don't draft a quarterback. I'm good.
1: So I'm a sucker for Dan Campbell, man. He's got me. And I'm not usually one that falls for rah, rah, you know, motivational speaker, Chris Farley down by the river in a van type approach. But this guy's got me. He's got me. Dan Campbell does.
0: No, he's uh, you know, he is. He's a guy that you wonder. If you see him in small doses, he's kind of comes off as fake, you know what I mean? Like That's
1: what I'm saying. I, I usually don't fall for that.
0: If you watch the Hard Knocks, dude.
1: That's what got me.
0: No, no, no. He lives it. He lives it. You got
1: He be, seems yeah, genuine about it.
0: He yeah, he is he is what he is. That you know dude. What I mean? So you got to like him.
1: And so a uh, nice win for Mac on Monday night oh, over yeah. the Cardinals. Uh the Pat- Patriots definitely needed it. Uh wild, wasn't it seeing that it was Colt McCoy who came in for an injured quarterback in Kyler Murray yeah, uh, after that Rose Bowl uh, against Alabama all those years ago.
0: Yeah, he's had to come in a few times, you know. And that, yeah, that was a tough one
1: for Kyler Murray, man.
0: I think I think Colt has did, did. I think he was better when he was preparing to be the starter. Of course, you sling him in there as a, you know the last minute as a replacement.
1: But Patriots pass rush will get after your ass too.
0: Yeah, and Kyle was already playing on that. You know, that's a that, that love affair in the Cardinals, that's what's kind of funny for me, is I see on the round table a lot of people talking up Cliff, uh, you know, Kingsbury, yeah. but a lot of people don't think he's a very good coach out in Arizona, out west. They say he's on.
1: I mean, I, I was following. No one that. has failed upward more than Cliff Kingsbury that I can uh, imagine.
0: Yeah, I, I would
1: have. Maybe Lane that. years ago, remember when he was kind of doing that, but.
0: Lane up until Ole Miss where he's definitely earned his merit for sure. Yes. Up until then. Yeah. But yeah, Cliff is fallen. You know, I think it's that tall, good looking West Coast deal that gets you by a little bit. But I was reading a whole thread where they were that you know, he only has four plays, he runs, you know, that kind of stuff. But um yeah, that was a big win. It's tough blow for Kyler Murray. He was already nursing a hamstring. You sling colt in there, you know, and he's trying to battle. But I I like I love you know, to me, it's hard watching Mac on that team because I think he's a good fit for that team. I do, but I think their talent around him is just bad. I mean, that, even the running, even in they that, don't
1: have an offensive coordinator either I, on top of all that. And you're seeing Mac, that. You're cool. seeing some of that Johnny McEnroe from Mac in terms of frustration. You saw Mac, it Monday night.
0: Well, they lost. They didn't have Damian Harris for that game. I think they were lost the Stevenson guy. They did. I, Yeah, so they they lost their top two running backs. I mean, you look at their wide receivers. This is literally who caught passes. Hunter Henry, a tight end. Kendrick Bourne, Jason's brother. Nelson Agliar, who's got one of the funniest YouTube videos. You ever seen that? No. Oh, Nelson Agliar. I got to send you that from the guy. This guy caught a baby. Out of huh. a window in a burning building. And when they asked him about it, he said, I just – something along the lines. I just made sure I caught it. And he looks at the camera and said, unlike Nelson Agliar.
1: Oh, geez.
0: This, this guy's catching babies and taking, taking, taking shots at the same time. But obviously, he's doing better there. Devonta Parker, Pierre Strong, Marcus Jones.
1: And Parker had a concussion in the game. That's so, he, he was he out.
0: five receivers, and they – they have got to get some wide receivers around the guy. I don't care.
1: Point blank. Point I, blank.
0: I mean, cut would, the crowd.
1: Would you rather have Mac with the Dolphins' offensive personnel or Tua?
0: I'd rather have Tua because I think he fits that better. I think Mac's mm-hmm. in a good system, but I mean, if you look at the Cardinals, they're you know Colt McCoy was thrown to DeAndre Hopkins you know, Robbie Anderson, Marquise Hollywood Brown, you know, he's from mm-hmm. Jay Green. I know he's old, but he's out there. He's a veteran. They're throwing the guys names. You and I saw in college and you and I recognize some of these other guys we're having to Google.
1: Yeah,
0: We're having to Wikipedia figure out where they, you know, where they, where they came from. So I just feel like if they're going to be successful, I think the team's a lot harder to watch uh, after Josh left. I think whatever they're calling now, You know, I don't blame him for being frustrated.
1: Yeah. Uh, Tough deal at times for Mac up there in uh, Foxborough. Hey, um, before we head to the BOL mailbag, it's a light one this week, but uh, it is the holiday season. It is that time of year where you have the family gatherings, the gift exchanges, uh, the Christmas movies, the TV shows. I got to say, man. My Christmas movie and show intake to this point of the season has been at about zero. Tim, what about you?
0: Are you kidding me?
1: I know. It's awful. I I feel pretty bad about it, but I haven't even watched The Grinch, the original, Rudolph. I haven't watched The Christmas Story yet. I haven't watched Die Hard. I haven't watched Christmas Vacation or Elf. I guess I'm saving it all.
0: You suck. For next
1: week, maybe <laughs> you, you are there you, <laughs> Oh, I'm you, not arguing I'm not arguing any of that
0: We haven't got We'll go whole. Kids are out of school Friday We'll go full throttle Um, You know, a little bit more on that I mean, we've seen Elf We watched that all Sunday night Spirited, again You gotta watch that That's on Apple TV It's a really good one It's got a little bit of musical in It's got Will Ferrell And Ryan Reynolds Who do, you know Obviously do a great job We'll start working those in I think Chris Christmas Vacation Is playing at the alabaster movie theater so we might if things are slow try to dip up there and and check that out but you know for the most part i mean we're just we gently work into it when they're out of school and then you know we try to we try to work them in more but you know there, there's really not there's really not like anything new coming out i don't understand why there's not yeah. more christmas movies i'm really excited to see the spirited and even if you google <laughs> The best Christmas movies, like I did that for this. I mean, here's Batman Returns. I mean, nobody takes Batman Returns as a damn. That's not a that's not a diehard debate. All right, Batman Returns is not a Christmas movie. And whoever comes to me on the message board about it, I'm am
1: going to believe you. You're going gonna to fight them. Yeah. You know what? I'm a music guy. I'll tell you what I have been doing I, on the iTunes music. I've been uh, I've been going with the Christmas jazz music. So we've had a we've had a soundtrack around the house. Uh, It just hasn't been as much from the television. It's been more the the jazz, going with some of the Christmas jazz. I got into that at Thanksgiving. I pulled up a a Thanksgiving jazz playlist for a little get-together, and it was uh, a success with with all the attendees. So I've transitioned to Christmas jazz now, a little jazz.
0: Yeah, I usually walk out. That's how I know it's fall. I walk out, and I smell like pumpkin or some kind of candle. I shouldn't smell (laughs) <laughs> and uh, I hear Christmas music way too early, and um, yeah, that's when I know it's like really deep fall. Summer's over. We're in the holiday season. I'll tell you one movie adults don't talk about: the uh, Muppet Christmas Carol. Um, it's, mm-hmm. good. it's a good movie. It's a good movie. Had a good cast. I mean, obviously it's Muppets in there, but it's got Michael Kane in it, for instance. You know, it's a it's a good movie. Nobody talks about. I'm having to go deep this year because. You know, we got the staples. We got Christmas Vacation. We got Elf. We got Four Christmases, which is still one of my favorites, um, even though it's long in places. But uh, there's just nothing new. So we're finding ones we didn't watch every year, and trying to rotate those in.
1: But, you know. I've been into the shows, though. I mean, I, I, I thought the White Lotus Season 2 finale was great. Yeah, Enjoyed you know,
0: that. It felt rushed to me. Did it? Oh, It felt too
1: clean. I thought the twist at the end was really well done. And I don't I, I give any
0: that. spoilers away, yeah. But, Uh yeah, I think that uh, the build-up was so friggin' fantastic. It was. That was the build-up for me,
1: really. The finales always struggle, though, man, to it's, meet up, don't they? It, yeah. I mean, look at the Sopranos going to black there in really that final scene.
0: You can't really... Uh, you can't really, end, you know, if you leave it open-ended like they did Sopranos, you, you know, people are mad. If they close it out, people like me are mad. Like, that's too convenient. It's too easy. Um, it's hard to close it. I mean, I still, I think my favorite ending, and I'd have to look better, Breaking Bad ended really well. They, they did a great job.
1: Yeah, that um, was really well done. But I done. think
0: one that's like sentimental, like if you really love the show and you watch the fat finale and they got you in your feelings, was uh, Cheers to Me. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Here's to me, you watch the Mm -hmm. show to realize that Sam's true love was the bar. And, you know, they, they ended it. I don't know if you remember, but they ended it with the door shut and somebody knocking on the door and Sam saying, sorry, we're closed. He's alone in the bar. Mm -hmm. And as he walks to the back, to the pool room, to his office, there's a uh, picture on the wall that's crooked. He straightens it up gently, looks at it lovingly. and He just walks away. So I thought that was, an unbelievable finale, you know. But then again, you know, you, you love Seinfeld and they ended the way they did. And,
1: um, you still in on Tulsa King?
0: Uh, yeah. Are you kidding me?
1: I'm liking it. I
0: want more I'm liking episodes of, yeah. More. My dude is like
1: <laughs> Dwight.
0: There'd be people that pick this apart. There always are, but Tulsa King is fun. It it's all, is. I it it's it all
1: I need it to be. It's all I need it to be.
0: That's what I'm saying. People are so overrated. Like when I, Rambo's not supposed to be realistic any more than friggin' Toy Story is. None of that's realistic. It's entertaining. Movies should be entertainment. And if they entertain me, like I told you, my favorite, one of mine, I'll watch. If you rolled it right, if you sent me a link, I'd watch it on my phone. Is Lake Placid. It's One of the craziest, silly movies ever about a huge crocodile. It's got a crazy, cool cast. The whole thing's amazingly, you know – you know, cheesy and I I
1: love it. Tulsa King makes me wish we would have had Sly as a nemesis for Tony Soprano in the Sopranos like Ralphie and Richie, you know, those guys. I would have I would have loved a character with him in that in that sort of nemesis beach, you know, that role.
0: I think the deal with Stallone really, you know, the thing about Stallone is when he passes That's when we're going to start realizing how great of an actor he was. And I know people laugh. And And a
1: writer. Yeah.
0: I mean, dude, this is not – I mean, everybody thinks – they think the same thing we think. They think off the top of my head. I think Rocky, you know, and I get it's unrealistic, but I love it. I get Rambo, unrealistic. I love it. But, I mean, this guy's got movies. um, You know, this guy's got movies. He's got writing chops. I mean, his creed shows where he's not – the star anymore, Michael B. Jordan. Those are amazing shows. I mean, I don't know how, you know, how in the world, you don't, you know, you don't love a, sh- a show like that. And, um, I mean, he's shown he can act. He's more than just a big muscle head. Um, you know, to me, like I said, you know, right now people would make fun of you for saying that, make fun of me for saying it. Some of my friends will text me and all that kind of stuff. And he's been in some daggone on some of the worst movies in history. But at the same time, this guy's been around 75 years old, and he's still relevant.
1: Being so prolific has had its drawbacks with Sly, um, he, because he has done so much in pretty much everything. And I think you could even say that about De Niro to an extent, and some other you know, iconic type of actors uh, in, in some of the choices they've made. and. Uh, things like that, but the the great great work is among the greatest work of all time. I, I don't know how you uh, can dispute that. And so when you uh, when you think about also what's out there, I'm a I'm a I love documentaries, man. So they've got this Branson documentary on HBO Max right now. Not sure if you've caught that, Sir Richard Branson, the business tycoon from england you know has his own island had virgin records virgin airlines uh that's a good one right now and the shack documentary that he's walking us through pretty good
0: yeah i think people forget you know i was telling some people last night too you know like to me shack was two different humans you know he had two different careers we had skinny shack and then we had big boy shack and there were to me there were two different guys but skinny Shaq. And I was talking about this just last night because of, uh, Penny Hardaway. They forget Penny was on his way. <laughs> He's on his way to be in the go. Penny Hardaway was yep. back then. He was unbelievable before the injuries, unbelievable athlete. I'm um, could shoot and, could, you know, all that, that team should have won championships. You know, there's just one of those lost, you know, lost team. They definitely had the guys in place to win championships. They were just so young, um, you know, at the time and, and and just never got around to it. But um yeah, I mean I'm gonna watch both of those. I've seen both of them. I didn't know about Branson. I didn't know whether to watch it, but that's a good rec.
1: That's I, a good one.
0: I, I tell you a yeah. documentary I, I watched that I'm definitely behind on. Um, I watched uh Muscle Shoals.
1: Oh, you hadn't seen Muscle Shoals?
0: I don't know what Wow I really didn't understand. Watch that it,
1: one five or six times. I, mean, I it's really didn't great. understand great.
0: Oh man, it's amazing! I didn't understand really what it was about. The only reason I did was I was speaking in Sheffield, um, Alabama, two weeks last week, and I, I mentioned it was Muscle Shoals. And when I was pulling it up, uh, the on the way on the, the route to go, the directions they uh, I saw Muscle Shoals, and some reason I ended up googling Muscle Shoals and found that doc. I had no idea it was about
1: music. I never oh, had what wow. it was about. The Rolling, Tim. Stones Rolling Stones, Aretha. Are you kidding me?
0: I mean, it was, un- it was unbelievable. It sent me down quite the rabbit hole. Bob Seger. Yeah, what's well, sent
1: me? You down- got to do the you got to do the uh, studio tours up there, Fame no, and Muscle Shoal Sound. The uh, home,
0: um, um, you know the de- you know the it was it was unbelievable. And then the Litter Skinner they mentioned the wreck. I ended mm-hmm. up in a rabbit hole looking up, you know, Buddy Holly's wreck and, you know, Richie Valley, who was on that plane, too, which nobody really, you know, that guy, that's an amazing thing.
1: The about, Big Bopper dude,
0: on that Dude, that's nobody talks about him, but he was. Richie Valens
1: was amazing.
0: 17 yeah. years old. He had two hits. We Buddy
1: still, Holly was like, what, 20, 21?
0: Yeah he, yeah, he was young, but, I mean, Richie, Buddy, we still talk about. although right. Gary Bussie played him in a movie one time. I gotta talk to whoever cast that.
1: But you didn't was, see La Bamba with Lou Diamond Phillips.
0: Yeah, absolutely, I, Absolutely. Okay.
1: Right.
0: The guy had the two movies, two songs, Donna and La Bamba, that we still hear today. You still hear mm-hmm. those in movies, and then it ended up in Otis Redding, who's a personal favorite of mine. You no, know, mm-hmm. no, Otis died at twenty six. He did. Otis has got five hundred songs by the time he's twenty six.
1: Yeah, Sam Cooke, kind of the same way.
0: Absolutely, there was too, a lot of
1: too, are, too young.
0: A yeah. lot of those guys that just didn't, you know, make it very long in
1: life did some amazing. Twenty seven club. Oh, that's that's that that's a that's a wild read for sure. That's a that's a that's a big one. Um, well, cool. So, what about the family gatherings and stuff? I mean, will that be sort of isolated? Will it be wide ranging? Uh, how will that work coming up in the next week for the holidays?
0: You know, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I, know what, I, mean, I know my mom and my my nephew and them will come here my brother they'll come here I'm not sure what the rest of the family will do for the in-laws because they've moved uh to Mobile so it's possible uh ah. they go down there they did go last week, so that might have been you know Christmas as you get older Christmas is still Christmas, but it's more of a gathering our you know our kids are all teenagers and up and uh it's not the- you know it's not the same effect for Christmas, but we still do the same. We, do, we still do the same Christmas stuff. It's just that – I'll tell you what I did. So the kids needed – this is going to either make me the greatest dad ever or the worst. I don't know. I'm, I'm leaning towards greatest. But I started giving them stuff they needed, they wanted, instead of waiting till December. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Graydon wanted a uh, a new uh, Justin Herbert shirt new shoes, so I found these matching Nikes. So I just wrapped it up in a Christmas present. We gave it to him in October and said, Merry Christmas. I was like, Take Remember this on December 25th. This is what, because I was like, he didn't want to wait the whole year. (laughs) You know, that's why I said, you I want to wait the whole year and just get them as they come in. So uh, we'll still have a few surprises for them, but trying to get those present points. I went a lot of years with Santa Claus hogging them.
1: Yeah. You know, ours are like 20, 25, 26 now, and the wife's still asking them for a list for Christmas. I'm like, what? You know, hit them with a gift card or something to Publix, wrap it up. Give you know? them a list. Pick up the ham. Exactly. Cheese. Exactly. And then she's going to have a couple of what she's calling open houses, where shifts of relatives and in-laws will come through, right? And then uh, I think Christmas Day is going to be pretty quiet, but that's going to be pre-Christmas. Everybody's got such a different approach to it. Um, it differs from family to family, house to house, it seems like.
0: it's always been – you know, and, and and for my wife especially, because it's more strange for her. I've always said, just do it where it's it's the least stressful for you. And, yeah. Because we told everybody on Christmas Day, you know, we had, you know, we had multiple kids all roughly, you know, seven eight years apart. We had four. I said, we're not dragging, we're not dragging them out. We're not coming to y'all. Y'all can. Hop, right. you know, I don't expect that I, I'm going to make my my children grab their grandchildren. And come to me and Christmas. Right. When they're young. I will go to them. It'll be me and my wife in a car, maybe mm-hmm. two cars, and we can just drive down there and <laughs> and see them though. But I'm I'm, I'm excited. I always get excited yeah. at the time of year. Um, you know, you'll have those. You'll know, have those. Uh, um, sport. You, know, you still got the NBA on Christmas. I think you got some NFL this year, right?
1: I think so. It you know, is a Sunday. I don't feel so. like I
0: always have it, but since Christmas fell on Sunday, I feel like NFL
1: feel, don't care, man. We're balling.
0: I feel like I Tough. saw the offense were playing on Christmas yeah. on Sunday, so I think there's at least a couple of games. Um, there's always that, you know. There's always going to be the NBA games. so when you're having, you know, you're hanging out with your people, able to yeah. watch, of course, I think it's a good
1: event. You know, our only in-house, immediate circle type of tradition we have on Christmas, we do Waffle House Christmas morning every year because it's open. And uh, we've been doing that for a while, so that'll probably be well. We'll go to the uh, we'll go to pops and Nana's house in the afternoon, later afternoon. But we'll we'll definitely keep the uh, the waffle house thing going. Hey, let's head to the mailbag there at the roundtable at Online dot com. The show mailbag. We always thank everyone for uh, their help and their input here in the mailbag. And uh, Jam Bama going to get us going. Uh, he wants us to to call our shots where the World Cup is concerned. Look, it's hard for me to go against Messi and Argentina, as we know, is through to the final of the World Cup. Uh, I guess we still have, what, France and Morocco. I'm going to obviously think France is going to get through in that one. I'm going to ride with Messi, though, man, the 5'7 wunderkind. Yeah. 35, 36 years old now. He needs to get it done this time.
0: Look, I don't know anything. I didn't know anything about soccer. I know a lot more now. Um, but I enjoyed the world. It's the first time I've ever watched the World Cup. Never. Wa- I mean, I watched a couple finals I bet on when I was younger. Um, Brazil was in both of the ones I watched that I bet on. And um, they, uh, I, I mean, I watched and learned a lot, mainly because we're going to London in May, as you know. We're going to a Premier League game. I didn't want to be the, you know, the only guy in there, you know, saying the wrong things, rooting. And uh, so I just wanted to get familiar with it, but I've loved the world cup. I mean, the, the drama, you know, the, the documentary sucked me in with all the Quedar stuff that was crazy. The FIFA, you know, the scandalous stuff, all that sucked me in. And then watching the soccer itself, I'm amazed. Like I'm amazed at what that, that, that assist Messi, Messi had the yesterday. I mean, it was just mm-hmm. watch what they can do with the soccer ball. They make angles, um, the, I mean, some of the kicks, like the ball just jumps off Messi's foot, like he's six foot ten, three hundred and thirty pounds, and you know, you got the guy from, you know, the young guy from France, Mbappe, and I mean, you just saw so much. Yeah. What I love is just the final. I mean, I love the finale. I love the, the 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 passion and the fighting, and I mean, I love the championship game atmosphere. It's much more physical now. There's a lot of hate. I hate the flopping. Like, I mean, I was debating with a friend, It's actually Jam, who's comparing the NFL flopping to soccer. Oh, hell no. <laughs> hell no. If you're not winning nothing, these guys are laying on the ground. I'm telling
1: Bringing out stretchers. Yeah.
0: The most embarrassing thing to me, and you and I have seen it a lot in basketball, for sure, but when you fake you're injured and the ref don't stop and then you got to get up and run down and admit you weren't really injured, that's the most humbling thing. So for me, the enjoyment of all this this World Cup was the, the referees, if they controlled it or not. And a lot of times, they'd look at the guys, <laughs> these referees would look at the guy screaming in pain and just shaking his head like, no, nah, you're good. Might have been being a parent. But, yeah, I'd go with you, the favorite, Argentina and France in the final. I think that's what everybody wants to see. Been reading up on Messi. I guess this is the only thing he hasn't pulled off.
1: That's it. You know, I And mean, he <laughs> says this is his final World Cup game. It's going to be yeah, this final. I mean, I,
0: I've enjoyed it. I've I've got to witness why he's the greatest of all time, and I've got to, you know, witness why Mbappé is, you know, probably headed that direction, you know, going to carry that best player in the world. I got to see the Ronaldo drama. Good Lord. That needs a reality show. I mean, I'm just checking in late, but my guy stays in some drama, you know. Um also, my buddy Grant Ramey sent me the before, the before and after the, the the facial work Ronaldo, and I was like, "Holy crap! That was a, <laughs> such a normal looking dude back in the day. Bad teeth, acne. So his his uh his uh the guy that fixes teeth needs to have him on his billboard. It's amazing what he's done. So I've learned a lot about soccer, and I knew nothing. I decided to pour myself into it. And uh just see what I did. But it's a pretty amazing sport. It's still a sport for me, but it's it's amazing.
1: Jam Bam also asks, he gives you the gun to the head. It's gun to the head time. Any surprises for the next week? I guess he's referring to the uh recruiting trail.
0: You know, I guess this time of year, I just don't think I mean, yeah, there's possible surprises, but I don't know of a surprise. I'm not, you know, I'm not holding back a surprise. I'm aware of several. Possible surprises, some bad. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, I said this every year. Be careful you want a surprise because all surprises aren't good. You know, it's a surprise.
1: Only good ones. Only good ones, Tim.
0: But I'm saying it's a surprise in Australia when you open the commode to use the bathroom and there's a snake in there. That's a surprise, too. So um, I wouldn't I wouldn't be so desperate for surprises. But I think overall, um, the nils made it. You know, we're not surprise proof. There's a lot of things happening. Um, you know, we're seeing it going down the stretch. There's a lot of things happening. So, well, yeah, I mean, there's definitely, it's an open-ended question. I'm not trying to avoid it. I don't have an answer right at hand, but yeah, there could be surprises. I mean, Bama's working some commitments to other school people working Bama's commitments. So, yeah, and we've seen surprises on signing day before.
1: He also asked, really? No official visitors this weekend, Tim?
0: Um, right now, I mean, it's, it's only Wednesday. I mean, a lot of this stuff is in the past. We've seen, um, a lot of juniors come in that last weekend for unofficial visits. And I'm not sure if that will be the case. I haven't really looked at it yet. It's only, you know, it's only Wednesday morning. Also, there's a lot of, you know, probably trying to get some guys in on that last visit weekend if they got a visit left. So there could be guys that popped up again, you know, they're meeting with everybody, they're finalizing their strategy. Nick Saban is still as active as any head coach in the country, just wearing, wearing these younger assistants out. He's, you know, you know he's uh, absolutely, you know, I don't want to say, well, I guess I'll say balls to the wall. He's just absolutely 24-7 going after it. So, um, yeah, so they're finalizing all their front plans, and I think Friday they'll have a better feel of what they want to do and, 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 and what they who they're bringing in, and we'll have a better plan for it
1: as well. And as we close it out, CM Bama, he just wants a simple answer here to a simple question, Tim. Ty Simpson or Jalen Milrow next year as the starting quarterback for Alabama? I'll go yes. I'll go yes to that. Uh, Simpson or Milro, right?
0: Yeah.
1: They, uh, <laughs> I don't, you
0: know, to me, I don't want to give up on Jalen Milrow. And, you know, not we said the same thing about Jalen Hurts, and I'm not saying they're the same person. But I didn't want to give up on Jalen too soon. I don't think we got – the best out of Jalen Milrow, I think he's a better player than we've seen. That we, I think he's better than his worst moments. But so, I like Ty Simpson coming in. I felt Ty was more in that um, when I compared somebody to Tua, to Mac, to Bryce. I think Ty's more along that lines of what Alabama looks for than Jalen right now. I guess is what I should say. Not that Jalen isn't serviceable. Not that Jalen won't get better. Not that Jay, I mean, I mean, I mean—a year's worth of first-team reps, you know, practice reps is going to make a difference. You know, you're going to be able to tell more. But for me, I would lean. I would lean Ty Simpson, um, definitely being in the mix. Yeah, I would definitely lean Ty Simpson. That's my personal opinion. I think he's got a year under his belt. I think he's gonna get better. He's a coach's kid. I think he's a better passer. He's not a good runner, but I'm not sure anybody is. I think they both have intangibles, but I think it's gonna be a, a quarterback battle similar to what we saw with Mac and Bryce.
1: I've said it before, I still believe it. I think it comes down to who's able to access the entirety of the Alabama offense, not just an aspect or two where it's zone read, or maybe you're a, um, a, a, a better passer, but you're a liability in terms of navigating pass rush or, you know, being able to do some things on extended plays. And I think in those areas, these teams, these guys are, are similar in some ways, as far as what they can do when plays break down and, you know how you can move them if you want to by design with their athleticism. And so that goes back to viability as a passer, right? And I think that's what we're we're both leaning toward right now. Can you make all the throws and get the ball to all the people this offense wants you to get it to as a passer on a consistent basis while not turning the football over? You know, I just don't see Alabama reverting back to the 2016 approach when it essentially did what it needed to do that that season with Jalen as a true freshman and uh, we're really run heavy in 16 and 17 but uh, I think that's it's going to be the guy that can access uh, the entirety of the offense the best so that that's what it'll come down to
0: yeah we'll have to see you know if Jalen improves and I'm not one to quickly write people off especially at Alabama I mean I remember when you know Brian Robinson. You know people. People have the hot takes, and then they got the hot amnesia, for they forgot they said a lot of this stuff. But there's a lot of criticism about B Rob. You know what I mean? And you, you you saw what he did at Alabama. I mean, he was a. I mean, I think that you know Bill O'Brien would have killed to have have Brian back this year. You know, would have loved to have that power back. Back
1: there. they needed. Absolutely. That's what they didn't have, right? They didn't have the thumper.
0: Beautiful fit. With with Gibbs, absolutely. So, um, and it took him four or five years to really catch his, you know, catch his, you know. I, I know he was written off several times, but um, so I'm not as quick to write people off because at Alabama, you can be a good player behind and just not playing. You're behind people. You can have quick leaps, pretty good, you know. in developing quarterbacks, especially. So, you know, I'm not going to write Jalen off, but I, I, I always, Ty, Ty's always been the guy. I felt the most comfortable with, but I love Jalen's athleticism and I love what I'd think yeah. he'll be able to do. He's just going to have to take those steps to do it.
1: Yeah. And there's certainly the the potential for that happening. So uh, I don't think it would be wise at all to, to write off either guy in that mix for 2023. Finally, Tim thoughts on the future of Nate Oates. Will the university do everything necessary To keep him at UA for the foreseeable future, I don't know why or how they wouldn't.
0: I would hope so. I mean, I've never seen. You know, we we saw pretty good basketball. We saw the, you know, the Mark Godfrey era. You know, you know which their first elite eight was there. You saw Kennedy Winston running point. You saw Gerald Wallace, Mo Williams, a lot of, you know, I think the the ending is what a lot of people for, remember about the Godfrey era, but there was a lot of high notes there. There were some good teams and, and good players there, recruited at a high level, and, you know, uh, that was there. I saw excitement there. We You know, Wim Sanderson, we saw a lot of excitement. NBA players, first-round picks, and sweet 16s, but I've never seen anything close to what we're seeing right now. I've got – you know, what I, you know, I call helmet heads, you know, guys that think football first and only football. I've seen them driving and actually watching basketball and enjoying it. And it was, and they did it last year. It was, it wasn't just this year. It was two years ago. It kind of started. They kind of got sucked into it. And then last year they watched it and the, you know, they enjoyed it, even though it was, you know, you know, a hair pulling out season, just like it was for, you know, any Alabama basketball fan and this year they're into it. So I think Nate Oates impact. His energy, his, you know, his. I love the basketball they're playing. I love the schedule. I, I loved it last year. I love the schedule. Give me those big games. Again, I would rather be five and five, having played 10 tough opponents than be 11 and 0 playing cream puffs. I don't care what they say. We've seen that bite Alabama in the butt in the past, but five good wins. Are better than eleven bad wins. I don't care what anybody says. It makes your team better, and it, it you know you get experience, and you you know you get ready for the SEC. You get ready, you get road games in, you get neutral site games in for the tournament. I love what he's doing with the program from the recruiting standpoint to the scheduling to the energy on the sideline. I mean, I don't know if anybody saw the post game. Those guys after Houston were like like kids went in you know went in went in they knew Antoine Petway was high five and he had to have stunk some hands with those high fives pet was giving those fans behind the bleachers. They are fired up emotional. I love what they do. So I hope they do everything to keep him. I think he's doing a, a great job and I think his assistants are fantastic.
1: Yeah, I don't I, I just can't imagine um first of all the the guy who hired him uh is still the A D at Alabama and Greg Burns. So um you know, It's not just a successful coach that you have right now. It's your guy in Nate Oates. And I think regardless of what happens at the athletic director position in the future, um, you're going to want Nate Oates. And there's some things that Alabama is trying to accomplish from a arena perspective that even in these difficult times economically, they're going to be able to accomplish a lot easier with Nate Oates Having success and this program being successful, then it's going to have otherwise. So uh, there's a lot of reasons to to think Alabama is absolutely going to do everything it can to keep Matos happy um, and uh, you know keep him in place for as long as possible at the University of Alabama. Tim, as we get out of here, I uh, feel like we need to, to to touch on the untimely passing of Mike Leach, head football coach at. Mississippi state here in the last few days and, uh, send along our condolences and just, uh, talk about the, the impact this guy made on college athletics, uh, college football, especially in terms of an innovator on the offensive side of the ball. But man, seems like we just can't hang on to these true characters in the, in the game. You know, um, uh, college football is still great. Uh, it's always going to be great, but more and more, and fewer and fewer do we have the characters, uh, especially at the coaching level, uh, that have that have always been synonymous with uh, you know almost the folkiness in some ways of college football. And with it becoming more and more professionalized, it seems like by the day and week and month, uh, just really really unfortunate news involving Mike Leach. And certainly again, thoughts and prayers to his family, uh, loved ones, and the Mississippi State community.
0: Yeah, I mean it's you know I'm you know I I didn't want to make it about me and I, I mean I know Mike Leach impacted a lot of lives and I was it was awesome to see all the stories. I mean it really was. The people were tweeting stories. The guy was as original as you can get. I mean you know his bullshit what happened to him at Texas Tech. I hope all of them feel like crap right now. Um, that that whole situation. But I became I always liked him at Texas Tech because he is different. I've always liked the. The coaches who are different. I love Steve Spurrier. I love John Brady. I love the coaches. I loved uh Les Miles. If you're different, if you're chewing grass or you know, comparing mascots, you're my kind of guy. But Leach was at a level I'd never seen um in his thought process. And I got particularly fond of him because you know I've said this a lot of times, but I'm a late-night guy. So when the family's asleep and I'm, you know, BOL settled down for the night and my calls are done for the night, my work. I'm a West Coast guy. I watch all the West Coast basketball, West Coast baseball, all of it. well, when Mike leach was at Washington State, I saw him all the time, and not only did I see him all the time they were on like <laughs> they were like Friday night, Tuesday night, you know they they'd have Washington State on there at any time, but one of my favorite moments I saw, and I sent all my friends this picture this and again, he'd kind of been forgotten at Washington State for a while, but he uh you know, they're, they had one game on, and then, you know, they flashed to the game they're going to next on the field of the teams warming up. And they flashed a leech, and my dude is holding a banana, <laughs> and he's shaking the referee's hands with a mouthful of banana. He's Man. getting potassium before the game, and it was just like, I was like, this dude here is, I mean, he's eating a banana, just as relaxed as he gets. You know, and I saw a story yesterday where the guy said he, text leach something and you we've all got friends like this right we've all got friends that if you text them what did you have for dinner they call and want to tell you about it for an hour well that's the story with this guy. he said leach did that leach called him and he heard a whistle in the background he said what's going on he said i'm just at practice (laughs) so mike leach is talking to some reporter on the road about some random subject and talking so absolutely i you know i choose not to I choose to remember everything he did in the games, you know, the games, you know, the players he coached and the, you know, the Garner men's shoes. He pulled him out of Alabama's quarterback room and put him in the NFL for Pete's sake. So um, I'm choosing to remember all the great things he did. And his impact, you know, his impact was amazing because you saw random people, you know, all my kids, everybody knew who Mike Leach was. So, you know, at the end of the day, it was a life well lived. It sucks he's gone. It always sucks when somebody like that's gone. But it was a life well-lived. He impacted a lot, a lot of people.
1: No doubt about it. With that, we're going to put a wrap on the latest edition of T. Watts and TR here on the Bama Online Podcast. You certainly want to hang out with us at BamaOnline.com. Post up with us at the Roundtable, the premium message board of choice among Alabama fans around the globe. All of that Right now at BamaOnline.com. If you haven't subscribed to the Bama Online Podcast, simple as a click or two, and anywhere you consume pods, you're going to find a Bama Online Podcast. And If you'd leave us a rating and a review, that would help us out tremendously as well. Always appreciate it, Tim. Always a good time. Thanks, man.
0: Absolutely. We'll do it again next
1: week. Sounds good. For Tim Watts, Travis Ryder. thanks again for joining us. T. Watts and T.R. here on the BAM online podcast. Until next time, so long, everybody. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better